Amen. Hey, guys. Hi. Um, hey, my name is Ben Fuquay, and I am, uh, I'm one of the young adult pastors here uh, at Christ Chapel, and I am glad you're here. I am. This is fun. Casey, thank you, man. Except for that one part you messed up. You did great. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, I am excited. Uh, what, what we want tonight to look like is uh, we just want to cast vision for where this ministry is going, where we feel like God is leading this ministry. And so I get such an incredible privilege of getting to be on this team and, and getting to be one of the guys that gets to be a, a mouthpiece and a voice to do that. Um, does anybody have anything I can spit my gum into? I should have thought of that. Will you or give me this, this card? I should have thought of this before. Thanks. Hey, everyone, give it up for Philip. Thanks, man. I don't need two. I just need one. Thanks, man. Do you want it back? Or, um, yeah, I should have put my gum away first. Um, you're a good man. So this, by the way, this is a Connect card, um, which is good for your gum. Right here, you can put it in this crease and fold it like that, and it just fits nicely back in the seat for someone to clean up later. Um, or you can leave it unfolded and then stick it up under the seat. Um, but honestly, man, the Connect card is, uh, you should take note of this. If you're new, um, if you're new to our ministry, if you're new to our church, if you are uh, new to Fort Worth, whatever, this is not just some cute thing that we're going to send you a bunch of emails um, on. We would love to get you connected to our church. So it really isn't just a gum dispenser. Uh, and the people that work really hard making these and then we spend money ordering them, they're going to shoot me after the service that I just promoted this as a gum dispenser. Um, but seriously, rip this thing off. Like so, fill it out and, uh, and drop it off later. Um, somebody's going to follow up with you personally. So a pastor or a shepherd in our flock is going to call you and be like, hey, wh- how, can, how can we love you better? How can we pour into your life? Uh, what can we do? What questions do you have? That kind of stuff. So um, not just a gum dispenser. Hey, let me, um, if, you're, if you're willing, let me pray one more time for me. Um, I'm a broken dude. I'm a broken guy in need of a Savior. Um, and this is a room full of people who are in need of a Savior. So if you walked in and you are new and, this whole, and you're kind of checking us out, uh, we want you to know right off the bat that this is a room full of people, led by people who do not have it figured out. We don't have this whole Christianity thing down perfect, but we are a room full of imperfect people and we are worshiping a perfect Savior. And that is what we are about. That is what tonight is about. It is about going to Him and going to His Word and making much of Him. Um, but because of that, and because I'm so flawed and jacked up, I need prayer. So uh, let me pray for us one more time. Father, you're good. You're good. Thanks for loving us the way you do, Lord. Um, God, show up. Uh, Show up tonight. Uh, When you reveal yourself to people, um, to us, uh, lives get changed, and you are in the business of of renovating lives. And Father, um, I admit that I am a a 32-year-old in desperate need of renovation, uh, constant. And I praise you that you have saved me, but Lord, you have not finished the work in me, and so uh, would you continue that renovation process in my life, but also my friends in this room? And then tonight, would it not be some monologue that I give, Father, but would your Holy Spirit speak to, uh, to the people that you love, who are in this room, who are in earshot of this sound system, would you be the words uh, tonight that make you famous and you um, worthy of our praise? We love you, we love you, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all ready? Here's what we're going to do. I want to walk through a few quick things. I just want to paint a picture of where we're going as a ministry. Um, A year ago, I told a story. Is Allison Springer here? She's not here, is she? Okay, good. Um, 
Because <laughs> a year ago I told a story that totally threw under the bus. And I promised myself, you know what, that was a mean story. I'm never going to tell that. So here we are. Um, it's been a year. I feel like it's been enough time. I'm going to tell it again. Uh, we're family. Just don't tell her I said this. Um, so Allison Springer, a year ago, she's a college student in the ministry that Christ Chapel is connected to, right? She texted some people on our staff and said, hey, I'm back in California. Um, it's the summertime, but my lease is being changed, and my roommates are trying to move my stuff from one house to the other house, and, and they've all, all done that for me, but I've got a couch. I've got a couch, and I really need help. I'm in California. Could, could somebody from the church move my couch from my old apartment to my new apartment? And I was like, you know what? I'm a really good Christian guy, so I should do that. Uh, and that's what I told myself. And then I called two of the strongest people I know, Samson McLean and Brett Musselwhite, and I said, let's go do this, and you're going to do all the work, and I'm going to direct you. Uh, and so we borrowed Brett's truck, and we go to Allison's apartment. And, and we're thinking, you know, Brett's got a you know, normal-sized truck, and, and we walk up kind of some windy stairs, and we, and we get to her apartment. Her, her old roommate lets us in, and it's like maybe 8 o'clock at night or something, and we're like, all right, so we're here to move the couch. She's like, oh, great, and she kind of takes us in, and we enter into the living room of Allison's old house. I know what a couch looks like, guys. <laughs> this was a masterpiece of furniture. Some might call it a sectional, but I call it just a, a, an overflow of... 19 homeless people could have slept on this thing. It was just this huge piece of furniture, and I can't re- I'm probably exaggerating, but I feel like there was a water slide attached to it, and there was, it was just this massive piece of furniture. And we walked in, and we were like, oh, this is not good. This is not a couch. This is something totally different than a couch. And then all of a sudden, we're realizing... Her room was the most awkward room to get into, and there's like a windy staircase and like a, a hobbit door that you've got to get it through, and like a <laughs> river of lava that we had to cross, and it was this massive undertaking. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I'm going to get so many heavy heaven points for this, um, which it doesn't work that way, uh, so we didn't. Um, but we moved that sucker, and it took us, when I say us, it took Brett and Samson forever. <laughs> Man, and I just pl- applauded them. Uh, but but here, here's what happens, and here's what we want to do. We want this time, right? This sermon, we're going to get back to worship here in a little bit and, and worshiping through song. But what I want to do tonight, and hopefully relatively briefly, 20 minutes, is I just want to paint the picture of what this living room is going to look like so that when you invite people into Wednesday nights at Christ Chapel in this room um, in the future, when you walk into this room, you know what you're walking into, that you know what we are about, what our heart is for, and what, where we're going as a ministry on Wednesday nights, and as a, as a church as a whole, but specifically what this time is for. Um, so that's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to answer a couple of big questions. The first, uh, I, I kind of want to talk about what we're not. That'll be real brief. just want to get some things out, of, out in the open and just explain to you guys what we're not. Then we're going to talk about what we are, and then two applications, what that means for you and what that means for other people who are not in this room tonight. Deal? So that's where we're going. Um, let me start with talking about what, um, what we are not. Um, there, uh, there could be a lot of confusion, um, and, and there are people in this room who are looking for all kinds of different things, and, and, um, and I just want to be real clear. Um, we're not going to be, well, our heart is not to be the best show in town. Um, so if you are here and you're looking for the, just the best Christian show in town, um, that's not our heart behind what we want Wednesday nights to be. Uh, having said that, it's, it's actually kind of difficult because the musicians who lead us in worship on a weekly basis, I think, are the best musicians in Fort Worth. They're unbelievably gifted guys. 
But here, let me reveal their heart to you a little bit. And I think I got their permission. On Wednesday nights, some of these guys play in professional bands and they do gigs and all that stuff. On Wednesday nights, they're not about leading us in music for a musical Christian concert. They are about leading us to worship the Almighty God. And it is not about a musical show. It is about leading in worship. And I know Casey, I know these guys' hearts. We desire to come and, and have excellency. But if you're just trying to find what's the best, what's the coolest, what, that's not going to be the thing that we put out as the carrot that we chase after as a ministry, as a church. We believe in excellence as this church. We will be good stewards of preparation. We will work our butts off to create as best a possible experience for you to worship Jesus, not to experience a great show. Easy enough. The other thing, um, the other thing that we are not, um, just for clarification's sake, we are a, we're not a place that we we're not a place that would want you to stay the way you are. No matter where you are in this room, we don't want to be a room and a ministry that allows you to stay comfortable in this place as you are without transformation in your life. Um, and and that's, a, that's a tough thing at times. And so if you're in here not looking to necessarily be challenged, not looking to necessarily have a mirror shown in front of you, um, then, man, I'm just going to be real honest and forthright and know that you're walking into a living room with a big couch and people who are going to show you a mirror, not me, but through Scripture. Because what we are going to do is we're going to preach Scripture. We're going to preach the Word of God night after night. We're going to worship Him. We're going to beg for Him to show up. And I'm going to try to be as vulnerable and as real with how jacked up I am. This is not, we've got it figured out. Let us reveal what you haven't. But we want to grow. And I, my heart, our heart as a staff is that you would show up eager to say, how can I be challenged? How can I grow? What are the areas in my life that maybe God is not through working on me? Um, and that's, that's what we're not. So quickly, let me, uh, let me, let me talk about what we are. Um, hey, Tyler, let me toss him that bottle of water right there. I'll give you a dollar if you do. Oh, nice. He played baseball. Uh, here's what we are. Here's what we as um, Renovate uh, desire to be and what we want tonight to be about. <clears throat> we want it to be about the gospel. We want Wednesday nights to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And man, that word has been so hijacked by our culture and by the church. It's become some cliche phrase that we throw out, and it's become something that, that people who claim Christianity don't represent, and they're judgmental, and they're, they're, they're bigots, or they're racist, and they're, and they're homophobes, and they hide behind Christianity when it's not truth. We're going to preach truth. And truth makes people feel uncomfortable, and truth is not tolerance of sin. But we're going to preach Christ Jesus in this place. And so what we want to be about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 15 to you. A couple of verses in there. Paul, in this letter, he's, um, he's sharing with this, this church in Corinth. Um, he's reminding them real explicitly, this is what the gospel is. When I say gospel... Corinth, this is what I mean. He says this in, in chapter 15, verse 1. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached, unless you believed it in vain, for I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, and here it is, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. 
Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 15, this is the gospel. The cliche word that those of you guys who have been around the church have heard, that's the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Happened historically 2,000 years ago. This man, Jesus, walked. And what we believe, as crazy as it is, if you don't think it's crazy what we believe, then I don't know that you really understand it or you just got brainwashed along the way. What we believe is that Jesus was who he said he was, which was God incarnate. And that that Jesus died on a cross, which historically we can back up, but that in that death, our sin was put on him. And he lived a perfect life and didn't deserve that. And the weight of that sin and his death, he took to the grave. And after three days, we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the grave and then ascended into heaven. And this ministry believes that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And that is crazy to a non-believing world. And if we think that we're just, yeah, we'll tell, we think that. I was taught that when I was four at Sunday school. Then we're missing how crazy and radical and rich the gospel is. The gospel is the power of God for transformation in our life. That has got to be the root of this ministry. Preaching the word of God and lifting up what Christ did and the implications of what he did. I, I love um, verse 2. Man, verse 2, he says, uh, he says, and by which you are being saved. So the gospel I preach to you, and then he says, by which you are being saved. Uh, you received it, you stand in it, and by which you're being saved. The, uh, the Greek there, when they first wrote this book when Paul first penned this. It wasn't in English, it was in Greek. That It was a present tense verb, which means that it is the process. The gospel is, the, is this thing that is in the process of constantly saving. Now, we believe that once saved, always saved. You can't, but there's something about the gospel that should be constantly renewing, refreshing, renovating our lives, bringing constant change. And somewhere along the way, I think we turned the gospel into just the invitation I think we thought, oh, the gospel is like the thing that you do at the end and you say walk forward and you pray and like the altar call. Or it's the, it, We think it's, the invita- it's not the invitation. It's not only the invitation to a relationship with God. It is the fuel for the entire relationship that we have with our Father in heaven. Let me say that again. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just the invitation to have a relationship with our God. It is the fuel in which sustains and maintains and renovates and transforms our life in that relationship. That's the gospel. And if we ever think, oh, well, I'm bored with it, or oh, well, that's just the ABCs, or um, oh, well, that's JV. The gospel's for JV, and then you get into like other stuff, like how to become a better Christian, but the gospel's just kind of, you got to believe that. Believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the implications of that applied to every dark place in your heart. It transforms how you operate in traffic. It transforms how you interact with the other sex. It transforms how you interact with people, how you see yourself. It transforms what you look at on the internet. It transforms, it transforms your joy. The gospel is the power of God for transformation in our life. And that is where we are going as a ministry. Wednesday nights, we want to remind each other of that because we are prone to forget. And if you've reduced it, and if you think, well, that's for JV, then I love you. Keep coming. You don't understand the gospel. I love you. Don't leave because I don't think you really understand it. 
I don't think you understand the depth of it. And as we walk through the book of Luke, which is we're going to start next week, um, we're going to see it all over the place. We're going to see this Jesus in the gospel of Luke renovating the lives of everyone he comes in contact with. And, uh, and so that's where we're going. We're, we're going to be in Luke, I think, for 28 weeks or so, and we're just going to camp out in it. And we're just going to say, okay, Father, you are the guide. You show us where to go. Uh, you teach us. Um, Galatians 1.6, same author who wrote 1 Corinthians. He wrote Galatians. And um, in Galatians, at the very beginning, he says, he's writing to these people he loves, these friends of his, and he says, man, I am astonished. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And brothers and sisters, we are prone to wander, man. We are prone to turn to another gospel. May we not do that. May we not be there. May this Wednesday night be a weekly reminder of not only this gospel that we're heading on to, but this gospel that we apply to deeper ways next week than we realize could even apply this week and the week after and the week after and the week after until we look more and more and more like Christ. Um, and man, what a powerful thing for that gospel to have effect in this culture that we live in uh, that is hurting, and maybe they don't know they're hurting, uh, and they're joyless, and maybe they don't know who they are, maybe they're masking it. Um, but if they're honest with themselves, we are living in a, a place surrounded with people who are in pain, and we want to, uh, we want to bring them the hope that we have. Okay, so, so two more things. Two more things, and then we're going to get back to worshiping through song. What's in this for you? I know it sounds really consumeristic, um, but what's in it for you? And then I want to talk about what's in it for others. Uh, last night, I got to um, tuck my son in, my, put my son to sleep. Um, my wife was in Dallas visiting some friends, and so I got to just be solo dad last night. We had this routine. My son is going to be two years old in like six weeks, which is insane. And so Charlie, my boy, is sitting on my lap, and we read books together, and um, he points to all the pictures, and, uh, and then we, we pray together, and I, and I got to pray together, and I close the book, and I say, okay, Charlie, it's time to go to sleep, and we turn off the light. Normally kind of throws a fit there, but he was exhausted. Uh, and I pick him up, and I knew what I was preaching for you guys uh, tonight. I, I knew where I was going to go with this next section. Um, but as I'm sitting there with my son, I'm praying the same thing for him over you. And it's Psalm 27. This is what's in it for you. This is what our hope, this is what our prayer, this is what we as a staff, uh, we as leaders, there's a group of people in this room who uh, are getting paid nothing, um, but they love Jesus and love his church and they pour out time and energy constantly in prayer. Um, Psalm 27 <clears throat> says this. David, he writes, he goes, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after. David, the king of Israel, he says, man, one thing, this one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The one thing the king of Israel wants is he says, just let me dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, that I could just dwell in his house and gaze at his beauty and inquire at his temple. That's what I want. That is what we want for you. The one thing I want for you and for Charlie and for this city is I want you to know God more and more and dwell in his presence. That your life is transformed by it and that Wednesday nights are a sampling of that. And that Wednesday nights are a coming together of a bunch of broken people. A bunch of people who are so messed up through the week. 
But God has saved us and is doing this work. And we come together and we corporately say, thank you, Father. And we remind ourselves. And that this community becomes a community of people, not based on self-righteousness or the fact that we keep the rules better than other people or because we're more judgmental or we think we're checking off a box by coming to a church function on Wednesday night, but that we want to dwell with the Lord. That's our heart for you. That's what I desire for you to get out of this. That this wouldn't be about me or Casey or Tyler or uh, Josh is going to preach some. That this would be about you coming and doing business with the Lord. I believe that you have a Father who loves you in heaven and desires more of a relationship with you, has called you. I believe that you're here in this room, not on accident, but for a purpose. I believe it wasn't just coincidental that you came. And the spectrum of where everyone in this room is at, and I, I think God wants to get a hold of you more and more. And that's our heart and that's our hope, that you would dwell in the house of the Lord. Um, Man, uh, to be real honest, there's, I'm sure, plenty of people in this room that are single. I hope that, uh, I hope that you find a future husband or a future spouse maybe in this community. That'd be great. That would be. That'd be really cool. And there's a good chance for that, right? That's not our heart. My real hope is that you fall more in love with Jesus. That's my real prayer. Uh, there's people who are looking for community. Community's great. That's not a bad thing. But that's not the goal. The goal isn't to have more community. It's to fall more in love with Jesus. The goal isn't to, oh, you know, I really just, I want more clarity in my life. It's to fall more in love with Jesus. And all of those other things that are good and bad, all of those shift into the right priority in our life. Um, and that's, that's what I hope you get out of this, is falling more in love with Jesus. Um, James 1.22. It's... It, Man, that's a challenging book. Uh, he says, he challenges us in that chapter, in that whole book. James says, Man, be doers of the word, not just hearers. So if what God might have for us in this room is that maybe some of us start falling more and more in love with Jesus. Some of us start walking in the truth of the gospel and what it says about us as his son and what it says about us as his daughters. Um, and then in doing that, we are challenged to not just be hearers on Wednesday night, but to be doers of that. That the faith and the doctrine and the beliefs that we have transform the way we live and love other people in the world around us. We're going to sing a song here in, in just a little bit um, when I get off stage that uh, it's, I think it's called I Believe or This I Believe. Um, it, it's, a, it's, it's a fascinating song to me because it's just a lot of doctrine. And I think we're just singing doctrine. You're just going to be singing like... A, I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the Trinity, right? You're just singing the things that we as believers, those who are believers in this room, right? We're singing those things because the implications of those are worshipful to us. And here's the other thing, man. If, if you're in this room, and I know there's plenty of people in this room, man, you, don't, you don't believe some of this stuff. I think, that's, I think that's awesome that you're here. I want you to know you're not in the wrong room, Okay? You're not in the wrong room. If you walked in here tonight and you're hearing me talk about the gospel and you're, and you're listening to us sing a bunch of words that we're reading off of a screen and you're thinking, what the hell is going on, right? Can I say that? I can say hell in church. I'm good with hell in church. That's what's in your head. You are in the right place. I want you to feel welcome. We're going to be unapologetic in what we believe, but I think you're here for a reason. And I think God wants to do something. Whether or not you even believe 
in the God that I believe in. He can handle it and we can handle it. This community, this leadership, we can handle your doubts. We can handle your frustration. We can handle your anger. And this God that we worship can absolutely handle the fact that you might stink and hate him. This God that we worship, he's big enough to handle your frustration or your denial of him. But I challenge you that the night that you walked into that church on August 5th and you heard that guy ramble for a while, sang a bunch of songs, I would challenge you to bookmark that night as not an accident. And I would challenge you to investigate it and walk and bring your doubts and fill out a connect card, call me, call Tyler, reach out to one of us and say, I'm calling BS and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I cannot help but to speak about what I've seen, what I've heard, and how I have been changed and challenged. And hopefully that is the, uh, the aroma of this room and of the believers in this room. Um, so for, for others, the other people who maybe aren't in this room, our heart is that we would be um, a lamp in the city. I mean, what we have is not a great list of rules of do's and don'ts. What we profess is a life-changing relationship with God that is available to all through the grace of Jesus Christ. And that we wouldn't just hold this to ourselves and this become this cool Christian clique, but that this would be a place that we invite others into and make them feel welcome and not judged, but also that we then go out and are not a lamp hidden under a basket, but instead a community of people who are professing and sharing and... and um, claiming what God has done and revealing what God has done, but also walking in, uh, in vulnerability. Um, it's, uh, it, it's sad how um, our culture breeds, the Christian culture breeds this self-righteousness. Right? We become masters of masking our sin. We become masters of just pretending. Uh, and that's so dangerous. The only people, listen to me, the only people that I would hope wouldn't feel comfortable in this room are, are those of us, and I say us because this is me sometimes, who are self-righteous. Everyone else would feel comfortable in his community except for those who are self-righteous. And those who are self-righteous would see it and repent and believe and humble themselves before a great God because believers, we didn't earn it. You didn't save yourself. And those of you who are on the fence or just came for a free burger or really totally thought this was something else and you thought you were going to a bar and you're like, oh no, this is a church, but now I'm stuck. Whatever happened there and you accidentally got stuck in between the seats and you're like, oh, I'm just going to fake it. Um, man, I think God wants to do business with you. Uh, I really do. Um, and I just want to apologize for, um, for me, for, for being somebody who wears Christ on my name, on my heart, and I profess to be a Christian, but I don't always walk like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to promise you I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. And I know that's going to make Christ look bad. And there are other Christians in this culture that claim Christianity. And, and you're thinking there's no way that that person's God exists. And I just, I'm sorry. We're imperfect. But our God is perfect. And I want you to know him. I want you to know him. Tomorrow morning, what do you, what do, you do with this sermon, right? I hope we gave you some direction of where we're going. Um, I challenge you to get in the word. That's what I'd say for you personally. I want you to know the sofa that you're going to be walking into when you walk into this living room on Wednesdays and the ministry and the community. But um, for you personally, I challenge you, get in this, this book. We're reading Luke, and we're starting it um, this next Wednesday. We're going to jump in just the first four verses. So we're going to take our time. Um, but I challenge you, start reading Luke. 
Um, the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's the third book in the New Testament. Just flip to it, read along with us, and let that transform you. Um, let me pray for you, and then let's just continue in worship. Father, you're good. Um, we thank you, we praise you. Um, God, uh, we need you, Lord, with this ministry, um, with this time of worship, be from you and by you and for you. Um, would it not be our human manipulation? Uh, would it not just be good monologues that we give? But Father, would you speak to us? Thank you for saving us. God, would we have that heart that the one thing we want is more of you. And no matter where anyone in this room is, whether they are just thirsty for more of you and they have wandered far from you, that they would see their heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and only Christ welcoming them back into a relationship tonight. Um, that maybe those who have never put their faith would start to see the gospel and hear the gospel and start to feel the tug in their heart that I would call the Holy Spirit. Um, God, transform them. For, for the believers in this room, like myself at times, who struggle with self-righteousness and think, well, I got it all together. And Lord, would you humble us? Would you humble us and, and bring us to the cross and remind us that we didn't earn our salvation in the first place? You saved us. We didn't save ourselves. God, do with us what you want. The truth that we believe in this room, the gospel, the doctrine of who you are and where we came from, Father, would, uh, would that not just be rhetoric, but would that be worship to you? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We worship together each week. Um, one thing that I want you guys to know as we kind of look forward <clears throat> is that we're not looking for anything for us. So you hear me say that. Um, this is all about Jesus. This is all about a time for you to connect with the Lord, whatever that looks like, whether that's sitting, whether that's standing, whether that's raising your hands in the air, if it's clapping, whatever it is, it's all for him. It's all about him. Um, so we're going to continue on in our time of worship. You guys can stand if you, if you want to stand or you can sit if you want to sit. Um, but this next song has been uh, alluded to is a statement of belief, a statement of what our faith is built upon. And so as we sing these truths, we worship God because of the implication for us, the implication for those around us, um, and it brings us joy and overflow in worship. So, um, so we're going to start that now. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. 
judge and our defender suffered and crucified forgiveness is in you descended into darkness you rose in glorious light forever seated high I believe in God Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus,
would rather be No place I would rather be No place I would rather be Than here in your love Here in your love So set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain And I can't control I want more of you, God I want more of you, God. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more of you. So pour it out. Oh. 